What's up, my fellow lionesses and lions? Welcome to the Project Lioness podcast. We are here to disrupt the mainstream narrative when it comes to health, holism, and human consciousness. We are here to share bold truths about health and life from a female perspective. This episode is brought to you by our team, Inspire Co., where we stand for your health being inspired by choice rather than being inhibited by chance. Thank you for being here and joining in on these raw, real, and powerful conversations. We hope our show brings you inspiration and empowerment to overcome challenges, reclaim your life, and ultimately pursue your mission with power, purpose, and play. Now, let's get into the episode. I feel like I have like a big story about like people pleasing and like trauma and all that good stuff that fits very nicely in with this. Um, In undergrad, like I experienced sexual assault and trauma. So I don't want to say trigger warning, but if you're uncomfortable with that conversation, then you can skip ahead. But or um, just like or just lean into the conversation (laughs) and take a deep breath and be Mm -hmm. with Aaron. Yeah. And again, that's Dr. Aaron. Yes. We have Dr. Mel here, and I'm Jess, and this is possibly part, part two. two. <laughs> possibly part two. <laughs> yeah. Possibilities. Part yeah. two. Do you yeah. want to? Do you want to share? Yeah. Yeah. Um, undergrad was a really trying time, and like I had experienced uh, sexual assault very early on in undergrad, and my roommate at the time, who I do not speak with because of that entire uh, relationship being played out had basically told me that I was to blame for that happening to me. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, a level of, like, anger there that, like, probably still needs to be processed for sure. Um, But I've done a lot of, like, exploration on that and, like, a lot of personal healing because she was going through her own stuff. So there's, like, a lot of grace given to her for that situation. So that happened. And... Later on, I had experienced a rape um, with someone who I love very dearly. And so I was in a position where I was like, I can't even communicate this because I have a history of someone telling me that it's my fault. And now I've just internalized that like victimhood. But there's so much like underlying like pain, but also anger. Um, So I didn't tell really anyone. I was like, I just have to like break this off. Like we're breaking up because I... I don't know what else to say other than you hurt me. Like, that's it. (laughs) And then people were like, oh, you're in your own head. Like, more, like, victim blaming. Like, this is just all on me and, like, anger. And that sucked, you know? Yeah. Can I ask, what are you noticing in your body? Oh, I feel like Talking about this right now? Yeah. In your belly? I feel in my belly. Yeah. (laughs) I feel in my diaphragm, you know? Like, not wanting to expand. But you're also holding such amazing eye contact while you talk about this like that is something that it can be really hard work on it yeah 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 because I didn't like I internalized it so much that like I didn't talk about it I assumed the um, position of like being a victim and like I'm just the one to blame Mm. um I can be like the is that considered the martyr is that is that how you would use that? I see we don't have a Jamie here. <laughs> you guys, what I'm referring to is the Joe Rogan podcast, but we're way better. We're way I think I'm, yeah, Martyr right. is like, isn't Hi, that Betty, a yeah. level of like depth of people pleasing? Yeah. Yeah, like to martyrdom. Like I yeah. will sacrifice myself for yeah. other people's yes. well-being. Exactly. Yeah. But you have so. n- then you have no sense of self. Yeah. Right. yeah. So that's where I lived for a oh, while, yeah. even like with my roommates, because to... To this day, she was one of my bestest friends. She was also best friends with this guy. Mm-hmm. So there was, like, a level, and, like, she was the one who, like, set us up. Um, so I was so afraid of, like, her being angry with me, just like the person who I had told previously about a previous incident was angry with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was, like, so much fear, so much um, just internal, like, sadness. But <laughs> – I think it's the movie Inside Out with all like the yes. feelings and emotions. Yes. It yeah. felt like I had the little red guy just all over in my body. Like that's what <laughs> I was like composed of. Yeah. <laughs> well, just, interesting before, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. when you were saying like when you would share and speak, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you would get like a red flush. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really notice that right now <laughs> no, with thank you. you. 
I mean, maybe I think you just got some sun on your cheeks, but I, I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> We're glowing. By the way, if you haven't listened to part one of this episode, this is part two, and we're just we're in we're riffing and we're flowing about the gift of anger, and we're getting into how anger has manifested in our bodies and how it can manifest globally in in like the cultural understanding of physiology and emotions so mm-hmm. keep going Erin so Great. yeah a lot of like people pleasing a lot of like internalizing like <sighs> that anger um until the moment that I was like able to actually one recognize the like pain and like the harm that my previous like sexual assault had brought me mm-hmm. and that relationship with my um who I considered a very close friend at the time Um, letting that go open up the door for me to like actually start healing and like processing the bigger issue I would consider. Um, And it was so liberating because like the moment I had told my roommates, because like you fall into people pleasing and you're just kind of afraid of the outcome, right? Like you paint a different image for what's going to happen if you are honest and express like things that happen to you totally. you're like they're going to be mad at me like they're not going to understand and you paint this entirely different thing that doesn't actually probably come to fruition and that's exactly what happened like I told them and they I love my roommates like mm-hmm. they were like the biggest support system I ever could have had mm-hmm. at that time so shout out to you guys um Aww. so like my favorite people like to this day um and they held like the standard of this is not okay and like their rage yeah. <laughs> came online right? which allowed for my rage yeah. to come out yeah. and I was like yeah we're collectively mad yeah it's okay actually <laughs> like, that I am mad yeah like yeah. this is actually safe because like I have people to allow for that safety yeah. um so there's like a sexual assault documentary that I actually participated in in really? undergrad I don't even know how I got connected to this girl yeah wow, it was like her her like capstone or whatever like project that she was doing um just shedding light on the fact that sexual assault is very prevalent and especially on our campus um granted mine like one happened on campus but the other didn't but during the time that I was a student um so if I were to listen back on that there was there was so much anger and I like Mm. at that time that version of me was like I will never move past this anger like I will always hate this person for doing this to me and now like I'm on the side where I have more like love and compassion for that person which Mm -hmm. I never really thought that I would say especially if like you would have talked to gosh I was probably like 20 21 years old she could not see the other side of that so Mm -hmm. it's cool now to be where I am and like reflecting um, and knowing that anger is totally safe to experience Mm -hmm. Um, and it's liberating because then other people can share their own stories yeah. Yeah. within it. So, yeah, it's cool to be where I am today mm-hmm. um, because now, like, I have more free and available energy to not, like, play the victim and sink into, like, depression or mm-hmm. anything like that. Let the little guy, little red guy, not red take guy. up all the space, yeah. but, like, take up some space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has a place. Make room for other, like, yeah. for joy, you know, to... Yeah, because in undergrad, I felt like I, I couldn't make eye contact with people. Um, I wanted to, like, sabotage. Unless I wanted were, like, to drink all the time. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, physiologically, like, I had such intense, like, lower neck tension. Yeah. Like, I would have to go home and just, like, lay flat on my floor with a towel rolled up under my neck. Wow. Like, it was intense. I'm like, wow, that's not any way to live yeah. life. <laughs> Your body was definitely like, Erin, it's time to have a wake-up Please call. Please let it go. Yeah. <laughs> but integrate me. Integrate. That's interesting. <laughs> you didn't make it like, integrate me. <laughs> I think Trademark we're, Mel. <laughs> we're going to get into this in a little bit here, but anger can be really directing. Yes. And there is nothing more powerful than a group of angry women. Uh-huh. Like, I think it's like <laughs> the lionesses when they're like going out to hunt. Yeah. Or, or when like a male fucks with their baby, they're like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh no. Oh yeah. <laughs> like lionesses will fuck some shit up together, <laughs> but then they're like, I love my cubs and I'm so nourishing. <laughs> um, it's really cool to hear. And I appreciate you sharing like the depths of your story because you're definitely an embodiment of, you know, speaking to like, it's important to feel that anger. If you've experienced something like sexual assault and you don't 
because if you were to keep that person of like it's your fault and I'm mad at you mm-hmm. um that still puts them in power exactly and it reminds me of um a, a woman who I love what she's up to restorative justice mm-hmm. which is like are you guys familiar with restorative justice mm-hmm. Marley Liss if you listen to this um she's big in that where she experienced a rape and instead of instead of that person going to jail she wanted to have a restorative justice mm-hmm. trial which was basically like allowing that person mm-hmm. to actually talk about their experience mm-hmm. like the rapist mm-hmm. and I'm like wow and she has a podcast and videos about it but I'm like damn that is a level of like because she wanted to get down to like why did you do this right like what's going on in your life that mm-hmm. you probably have anger and rage and maybe they experience the sexual assault mm-hmm. but sh- that's the restorative justice space is where that person doesn't go to jail but they actually get to like it's basically like a healing circle. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I love that um, my mentors right now, Dr. Brian Lum and Chelsea Ray, they talk about in, in indigenous cultures, the person who was like the troublemaker causing issues, instead of putting them in jail, they would actually put them in the center of the circle and like love them. Love them. Yeah. And, yeah. and that person would weep and cry for like community healing. Yeah. So anyway, your share just like kind of, inspired me like you're holding that space of like what's possible for humanity and I'm not saying like oh well then everyone should just go out and like experience sexual assault (laughs) that's not what I'm saying but it happens yeah yeah well and people harm others when they're in a lesser state in a pain-based state state. yeah Yeah. that's so it's recognizing that exactly what I was gonna say is and and when you're able to say like Okay, first of all, I want to say everybody needs to be held accountable and take responsibility for their actions all the time. It's never okay to harm anybody. Um, It's never okay to sexually assault anybody. And those people are doing it from a place of hurt and harm and uh, unwellness themselves. Because wellness and and coherence is an innate state that humans can access and anything else is a distortion. Yep. And people who harm people need to be held responsible for their actions. And at the same time, we could start to recognize what can we do as a culture to not only hold this person responsible, but give them the opportunity and resources that they need for healing. Yeah, not just throw a bunch of people in in a, like, building. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then... What is that doing for humanity? and, And again, it really is can direct our anger to be able to say, okay, like I am angry about what this happened, that this happened. I, I was victimized in this way. And with this anger, like I'm going to find a purpose and a path so that other people don't have to experience this so that this person doesn't do this again. Mm -hmm. Um, but like getting out of that victimhood anger is so Mm -hmm. important because that's, it's a trap. Yeah. Victim anger is very different than courageous anger. And that's the transmutation. Like, the states of consciousness that um, David Hawkins, Dr. David Hawkins talks about, the right. states of consciousness yeah. that Jess is speaking to that I, I thought of the book, um, Power Versus Force, mm-hmm. where the next level up from anger is courage, yeah, which is taking action. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of alluded, did you have anything else to share, Jess? Otherwise, uh, I wanted to go back to what you were speaking to about like anger with kids. Oh yeah. And then speaking to what, um, Aaron was saying with like how else anger can start to show up in the body in your physiology, maybe in your relational, like your kids so that you all can start to be those, uh, observers and people of curiosity of like, yeah, how is this manifesting? Is there something to explore here? Yeah. Let's Let's talk about mom since well i don't know erin has dog children yeah Um, she felt a lot of rage when she found the hole in her pants earlier (laughs) she's like wait till you see what my husky daughter did to me but she also showed me that i need to burn these yeah yeah that was like (laughs) you good good job jazzy look what she did to oh she taught me a lesson she's sending me a message she said mom get rid of those pants here yeah uh again (laughs) we're talking about anger with kids and I think I talked about this in the last episode maybe it was this one I'm getting mixed up but (laughs) I've found that the hardest thing (laughs) the hardest thing one of the hardest things is holding space for my kids anger and this is not because I don't want them to be angry it's because uh what I've been taught and what's kind of been reinforced in my life is that anger 
is a sign of suffering and pain. And I don't want my kids to be angry. Mm. And so also like I might intercept their anger. And also like I'm burnt out. Like I, I get tired of being like primary parent, though Michael is amazing and so supportive he is not their biological dad. Yeah. So the anger and the frustration that I experience feels a little bit more intense because the ki- kids come to me first with yeah. almost everything. You don't have as much, I mean, you have support, but yeah. it's just very different. It is. It's a different type of support. And I feel like all moms experience this. Like our kids yeah. are always in our space. We are the master self-regulator or co-regulator. We co-regulate our entire freaking household. Yep. And um, <laughs> that's what Linus is doing a pride too. Yeah. So holding space for anger for my kids is probably one of my biggest struggles because sometimes at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't, this is a lot of energy. It's like a lot of energy that you're putting into me. And so one thing I've been working on is just like allowing that to be and not having to really respond to it, like allowing them to be anger and angry, getting their anger out. And then just being like, thank you for sharing that with me. Like that's important. Mm-hmm. Instead of feeling like I have to respond and be the co-regulator because they're getting to a point where they can start to kind of regulate themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, acknowledgement is like a beautiful form, I think, yeah. of of co-regulation. Like you don't need to necessarily go into a therapy session with them when they're older, but like, hey, I he- like being seen and heard yeah. in the experience is like powerful medicine. Yeah, very validating yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I'm sure I know a lot of parents listen to this. Um, <laughs> it's fun. Uh, real, real quick. One of my biggest tips for moms who are the ultimate co-regulator. I was just going to ask you that. Is... <laughs> Like, we're sensory beings. All of us have some kind of sensory, like, I don't want to call it a deficit, but a need. All of us have Mm -hmm. some kind of sensory need. And um, we are really getting into this culture where all of our needs are immediately met. And so when they're not and we're co-regulating and all of that, it's really easy to burn out and lose your lose track of what's going on, where you need to be. You might wake up in the morning with a to-do list and then you get up to do it and it just leaves your head mm. and you find yourself just being co-regulator. One of the best things that I can recommend for a mom who feels this way is to consider her physical environment. Mm. Um, what are your rooms set up like? Are there specific spaces for certain activities? And does the setup of the room reflect the energy that will need to be held in that Mm -hmm. space? So like if there is a place where it's easiest for you to talk to your kids, like for me, it's in my living room. I have dimmer lights in there. We have plants. We have natural light that comes in and comfy couches and pillows. And that's a good place for for us to talk and for us to read. There's not a lot of distractions. It feels really peaceful in there. And then we have an area where we want to play together. So our TV is there (laughs) and like the lights get a little bit brighter. We have like moving chairs so the kids can wobble. Like think about how your environments are set up and how they can support the type of energy you need for like specific things. And with that, you can categorize what things you deal with the most and kind of create a space for them in your home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know we have a number of parents that, will appreciate some of those strategies like yeah. hey what would it be like to like set up your environment for success which is something Jess is really good at so thank you Erin yes. you were speaking to earlier when you were sharing your story like how anger not only manifests as Jess say, says in relationships and kids with the body mm-hmm. so where else have you found in your own personal experience and people you've worked with that anger can you know, you've heard, you've heard us say a lot of these terms for the listeners, like expression, then repression, then suppression, then depression. Mm-hmm. Um, anger is a very powerful and heavy emotion to carry if it's not fully integrated, which I think about a lot of people who maybe deal with depression, like how much of that is like emotional baggage. Um, but what have you found in your experience, like how it manifests in the body? Yeah. You know, Dr. Aaron and I being... Well, speaking for like my own, I guess, like personal experience, a lot of it, like in my neck, like lower neck, especially Mm -hmm. too. um, And just like feeling like the, if you're watching the video, then you can see my like body movements, but like the folding in and like the tightness at like the shoulders, um, kind of like, like the flexion, if you're pulling your shoulders inward, 
Um, we're all like readjusting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's talking about it. We're all con- like, like taking yes. form. We're like, angry. And like with your breath, you'll notice that it's probably more like a hyper ventilating sort of breath and Mm. something that I've noticed myself and I don't know if y'all can speak to this as well is like sighing more so that's That's why I feel like I'm sighing more in this episode because I'm like processing like feeling the energy yeah so sighing it's like you aren't pulling your breath from your belly upwards it's just like a locking in Mm. um in your lungs so if you're (laughs) noticing more sighing like what I do when Jasmine, my husky, is driving me absolutely crazy. Um, that's a, <laughs> a notion that you should probably move some anger or frustration um, in terms of like organ systems. The liver holds on to a lot of that, and especially if you're having like that, like more hyperventilating, like shallow breath, you're not exerting the diaphragm to come down and like relieve the tension and the pressure on the liver because the liver is sitting right underneath your diaphragm Mm. so those are just like some things um we've talked about breast cancer and how that will sometimes show up especially for women suppressing anger Mm -hmm. um i've seen that play out in my life with several people who have experienced breast cancer Mm -hmm. which i won't dive into too many details but we see that in the office as well if you'd like to add dr mel well and i think yeah with like the cancer thing too we're not saying like anger causes cancer okay so don't go (laughs) report us to like the medical board but what aaron's really speaking to is like and what we've all shared in these episodes is anger and emotions are biochemicals that Mm -hmm. occur in the body. And I said it in the last episode, but molecules of emotion by Candace Pert just said it to the connective tissue. Mm -hmm. It, if it doesn't get integrated into the cells in the balanced way, it will cause one postural distortion Mm -hmm. um, because your body doesn't have the capacity to integrate it. So we will deflect and posturally distort in order to be with the energy in some capacity. We'll stack it and store it. So like if you see my body, I'm kind of folding inward and my my ribs collapse, my sternum collapses. And then in order for me to get a deep breath, I need to raise my shoulders, right? So what Aaron's speaking to as well is like the sighing is actually the offset of carbon dioxide mm-hmm. to actually try to balance your pH. So breathing is important. Your breathing's going to change. Um, but if you don't, so this whole biochemical phenomena is happening. And when we change the biochemistry of our body, then your cells do not reproduce as they were intended by nature. Mm-hmm. Meaning could be more production, which is i.e. cancer, right? Rapidly producing or not enough. Um, so that's what we're speaking to is emotional disturbances mm-hmm. can manifest in the somatic body. Mm-hmm. And there's more and more evidence coming out. I feel like Research is finally catching up. Science is finally catching up with a lot of the things that I believe are going to be like the future of health, but really it's like ancient. Ancient, yeah. Yeah. ancient medicine. Yeah, yeah. ancient medicine. Yeah. Well, say something, Justin? Oh, I was just going to say like, if you're not driving, like just take a second, like fold your shoulders in. Yeah, like go try, into the posture. Yeah, to go into the posture and just like sit here for a second. I'm just going to pause so that you can like fold your shoulders forward, jut your head forward. Try to take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah, or it doesn't feel good. Try to like think about positive thoughts. You yeah. probably can't. I mean, no. my f- my hands are literally <laughs> folding into claws. <laughs> yeah, like now, like bring your shoulders up and relax them down your back. Open <sighs> your chest and take a big deep breath, like into your diaphragm. <sighs> Now I'll try and think about something positive. It comes really easy. So I yeah. love you. <laughs> because your body is your body is the vessel and it's the antenna for mm-hmm. emotions and thoughts. Yeah. Right? And another thing too, with the shoulders, it can be curling or it there because there's different flavors of anger. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of us have talked about like the victim anger. It's like you go inward. Mm-hmm. The external in anger, the external person goes out with their Spinching posture. It, yeah. So they like this was me, like my, yeah, the fighter, (laughs) right? This is the fighter going out, but there's also the fighter that projects it in. And Aaron and I, the network spinal, we talk about internals and externals, which is where you draw energy. So for me, I went external and I projected it out towards people where some people go in, like I think just pushing it more in towards herself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can be like forward head posture, Mm -hmm. right? So this is why when you come see us, we 
look at your posture and it's not just like your neck and it's not just your bones. It's like, how, what is this an indicator of, of their life? And just to emphasize, like a lot of people tell me, oh, well, I know I have bad posture, so I'm just going to do like X, Y, Z exercise, you know, to yeah, correct I'm just it. Stretch. I'm like, and I'm yeah, like, that's not going to do goes. anything because your posture is a subconscious, unconscious projection of like your, your emotional state, your nervous yeah. system. Yep. So let's do some nervous your system care. Emotional. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't want to project ourselves too far forward. I don't know yeah. where this lies in our episode, <laughs> but what I'm going to say is if flow. you are, if you're, if you're struggling with anger, like anger suppression, anger overexpression, like start with your body, mm-hmm. right? Everything that we experience mentally, emotionally, and physically often comes through our sensory body because our sensory neurons go up to our brain and send messages and all of that. So start with your body. And often we're like, how can I manage my anger mentally I need to think about my anger <laughs> right and so yeah, like luck. <laughs> yeah yeah start with your body and like and we're gonna talk about this a little bit too a lot of people will be like oh when you feel anger you should just pause take a second and think am I <laughs> reacting well am I reacting or am I responding and like which requires your prefrontal cortex yes. and I know you're gonna talk yeah. about this <laughs> go ahead no well I mean I just get frustrated because people say just pause and think and it's like bitch when you're in fucking anger and you haven't learned how to like actually be in a more integrative state you don't have access to prefrontal cortex questions Mm -hmm. yeah how am I going to respond well when my shoulders are in my ears and my chest is folded in or out like and you know if kids are in and we've seen some kiddos with processing this in the office with anger and you know it's like well, you know, what do you think about your anger, little Timmy? And it's like, I don't fucking like they're just they're just totally in their body. They're totally in their amygdala. Yeah, right. And you trying to like come at them, I, there is something to like pattern interrupting with questions, but if you're so far to one side of the polarity of anger expression, what Jess is speaking to is like eventually you get to a point where you can kind of for me at least I feel the sensation of anger and before it comes out as like fuck you, um it's like I can like integrate it, feel it, breathe it, and then the questions can come. But I want just to keep sharing because this is a really important, I think, distinction in the holistic healing realm is like you cannot sometimes when you're new in this, you cannot outthink the anger. Mm -mm. And and so the anger is going to come. When you start to recognize anger is present in my life, um, obviously you're going to continue to feel it. We're we're human. We're all going to have anger come almost every day, some level of frustration at least uh, that pyramid or whatever the stair that you built of that leads to anger like frustration and then rage or whatever we're all going to experience some level of that in our life and something that we're really good at doing as women is dragging ourselves through the coals about Mm -hmm. things later Mm -hmm. and when you're starting to recognize the positive role that anger can play in your life instead of dragging yourself through the coals about moments of anger, start to think how, like what led to this in my body? How did I respond? How did it feel? And then forgive yourself and let it go. Not let it go. Let it integrate. Yes, right? There you go. <laughs> like start, start to let it integrate. And sometimes letting it integrate is just saying like, I, I know that I'm working on my anger and this is just the first step in me starting to recognize the role it's going to play in my future. And so before you can stop and pause and respond calmly or respond rationally in moments of anger, you have to give yourself space and forgiveness in order to be able to integrate anger into your body. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. And I think when we say letting it integrate the way I I see it in my mind, because I always see like shapes in people's bodies. So when you've allowed yourself to find the gift of anger and completing the loop and integrating it and finding the gift, what happens is like, as your body opens up, there's less of that bound energy in one area. Cause anytime there's an area of your system that has so much bound and wound energy, other areas are going to start to try to wake you up because they're like, yo, you're stealing all this energy. And so as you open up, that's what we mean by integrate. And I think we have this little structure in our office that is kind of like this three-dimensional, it's like balls and strings and and wood, and you can see the bio matrix. And so when you do any sort of like body work, 
um, that's what we're helping is coming into a state of integration where the energy is more coherent in the system, whether it's your nervous system, you know, educational systems, right? Like how big do you want to go? Like there's bound energy in all systems in life. And when you liberate it, you can access the gifts on the other side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you start to integrate or start to liberate it, you feel greater senses and urges of that energy like of that anger like (laughs) anger is going to come in when you're start when you recognize hopefully after this episode they're like I can be angry I want Mm -hmm. to be angry like you're probably going to be a little bit more angry it's almost like that over responsiveness like pendulum swing from like suppression to over expression and a way to get it back to like balance is forgiving yourself for those expressions, allowing yourself to still have them, but forgiving yourself for them so that you can start to, again, bring them to your body, bring them to your mind. So you can have that second to pause. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And see that like in that forgiveness state, like, Oh, there's gifts in this side too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. There are a lot of gifts that come with anger. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, something I forgot to mention too, as far as manifestation, if you notice, um, jaw, clenching your jaw Mm -hmm. can be a sign of unresolved uncompleted anger loops um which can then manifest as more of the neck tension Mm -hmm. it can manifest as headaches so that can translate up um i see a lot of that with clients and really it's like oh like if you think of the jaw and the mouth you want to express something you want to say something you want to just like ah like scream and show your fangs but you're not so you're gripping it all Mm -hmm. in your teeth and in your facial muscles Mm -hmm. And we wonder why, I'm not gonna, do I want to say this? Like, I, I see a huge yeah. trend of Botox right like now. Buccal removal. Yeah, oh. the, the yeah. buccal removal. Yeah, buccal, yeah. And if you think about if you're angry and you're using your masseter muscle, which is the strongest jaw or the strongest muscle of your face, um, that's going to get bigger. Yeah. But what's happening, what Jess is speaking to is people are getting like, is, are they trimming this? They're cutting. They're like taking the fat. Yeah. You have fat under your like cheekbones yeah. and they're getting it removed. Because we want to look like aliens. Yeah. We're all and, looking like aliens. And like just really skinny faces and like really big heads. <laughs> like really skinny bodies. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is happening? <laughs> that actually reminds me of something I want to talk about with kids. Um, kids see through our they're bullshit. They're also aliens. Yeah, oh, kids yeah. are aliens. They could see, they could see through your bullshit. Yeah, so when you're, when you're suppressing things, like, and you're not expressing them, there's a dissonance happening in your child that might make them not trust what they're experiencing. So it's really important to be vulnerable with your child and like, let them know that you're angry and that it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like my eight year old is much better at this than my 11 year old because he's seen me come (laughs) into this, but like he could get in the car and be like, you look angry. (laughs) And then, and then he'll probably like think he'll like count the weeks like, are you angry because you're PMSing and about to get your period mom? Or are you angry for some other reason? And like, and then he knows like, okay. He's totally going to be a future practitioner. Oh yeah, he is totally. I mean, he kind of already is. He like can adjust (laughs) all of us, but like he um, can like then differentiate between my almost rational. And I don't want to say my period energy is irrational, but I'm just more easily ignited Yeah, and ignited about stuff that later I look back at it. Yeah. And, or like, yeah, for me, the worst and like anger with my cycle comes the three to four days before I start bleeding and he recognizes that. And so when you give the children the power to recognize the cycles that they're experiencing and what they're experiencing in their home, it's so validating for them. And it's so, it just creates really strong children. Yeah. Well, and it's cool that you say that because Abe one day on the table expressed that he felt angry. Yeah. And I was like. When you were. Yeah. And I was like, let it out. Or like, yeah. where do you notice that in your body? And yeah. it was, it was cool that he was Aww. able to express like, I feel mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, cool. okay. Abraham. Yeah. He's like, we feel my mad. mom only lets me use the computer <laughs> for 20 minutes. And I am really angry about that. Yeah. And I think. Yeah, you asked him. I was like, do you want to talk about it? And he said, not right now. I said, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to let your nervous system integrate. Yeah. Well, I think that's important too. Um, Something you will notice with, you know, Dr. Erin and I working with people and when she becomes more of an official doctor, she works on people, um, is I'm very, and I know you are too, conscious of the language we ask on the table and not be like, how are you feeling today? Or like, let's make it better. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'll ask, what are you noticing in your body today? Mm -hmm. 
what are you noticing in your life? Like what's alive for you right now? I won't most likely ever ask you, how are you feeling today? Because that our emotions are part of us. They're not who we are. It is a signal to be processed, but it's not actually who you are. And, you know, I'm not always looking for you to like feel good all the time because if you're noticing a frustration or whatever is coming up, let's, let's work in that paradigm and let's alchemize that. And I think, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of chiropractors and practitioners out there out there where they just want to make you feel good when taking away your pain could be the very spiritual catalyst you need to actually shift the trajectory of your life. Yeah. I feel like pain is one of the most (laughs) correct. You are right. (laughs) But I feel like pain and anger are one of the most, uh, are some of the most easy expressions to read in the field and like with people, because it's almost again, our posturing, but our faces, all of that, it's really easy to read Mm -hmm. anger. And once you can start to like say, hey, you feel angry and have somebody validate that, this is something that we're really good at as a team. And we wanted to talk about it in an episode sometime, but like being able to read each other's emotions from the field Mm -hmm. and get a sense of that and anger and uh pain are some of the easiest expressions to be able to pick up on and once you pick up on that and have people validate it there's such a strong connection that starts to grow between people and you connect in such a like the connection just gets deeper yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and a lot of it I mean a lot of what we're speaking to what Abe was recognizing for example is a lot of it is all of it is nonverbal. It's yeah. all total nonverbal communication. And we as human beings have those biological instincts to sense is part of my community, my tribe, whatever you want to call it, is this person okay? Yeah. Right? Because it's biological instinct to want to grow and cultivate life together, right? We are very communal creatures. We are not solo people. That's why I love the lioness energy too, because the lionesses go out and hunt together and they work in this beautiful, coherent hunting where one's maybe holding the space over here to direct this energy while another lioness is coming over here to actually make the bite. Mm-hmm. But there's no way that that could happen if they weren't aware of each other's energy. Yeah. And so I love that, that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that you bring that up because it's like, do we need to fight for you or yeah. like, do we need to protect you and make yeah. sure that you're oh, safe? I like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's <laughs> just one of the benefits of having a full like range of emotions that you're able to access without fear yeah so we want to share with you in in this episode in particular again make sure you watch the one before this Mm -hmm. because there's a leading up to like now how do we get the wisdom from anger what are some strategies that have worked for us that have worked for our clients um I'll, i'll speak to some that first that have really worked for me is one recognizing where the emotion is showing up in your body. Mm -hmm. And you'll notice Dr. Aaron and I asked that when someone's expressing an emotion, like where do you notice that in your body? So oftentimes for me, it's in my shoulders, um, it's in my neck, it's in my jaw. And so something that I really like to connect with is breath work and sound. And this is something that I facilitate at the Inspire Immersion, which if you haven't checked out the Inspire Immersion, it's in the show notes. Um, we're doing one in April and then we'll do another one in November, which the wait list for that is already filling up. But this is a session that I guide people through where emotions are happening in more the emotional primitive brain. And so it's important to be able to recognize them in our own body. So one of the things I'll do, and you guys can do it with me if you want, is finding where the tone and the energy is in your body and like placing your hands on that area. So if you're if you're listening and you have the spaciousness to do it, this is an experiential podcast. So I'm just going to start with like my clavicles here if you're watching the video. And I'll inhale into that area. And then the exhale, I'll make the sound of the energy in my body as if if I were to take that part of my body out and we were going to have a conversation or I was going to give it a platform or a microphone what would it want to say? What would it want to express? So like for me in this moment, it's, uh, and like there's a little bit of like growl at the end there because growling is that more primitive connection with anger. 
Now there's a leading up to that. If you're not familiar with any level of sound integration, that can feel really weird, but I would, I would invite you to look at breathing in through the nose. And as you exhale out through the nose, maybe humming like, and like feeling that in your throat, because anytime you make sound and you exhale, you're stimulating your vagus nerve. And that can actually help you feel more connected and more calm in the experience versus the sensation hijacking your capacity to connect with your body. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's really worked for me. And then on top of that, and I know Dr. Erin knows this stage, there's a SRI called somatorespiratory integration, which is a subset of work that we do in the network healing paradigm that we teach uh, every quarter. Um, Jess helps us promote those events, but we also have a YouTube um, list of these breathwork exercises for free. So we'll drop them in the show notes, but stage four. So if you work with me or you haven't worked with me, stage four in the SRI consciousness is all about reclamation and taking your power back and taking your strength back and taking your courage back and actually being like enough is enough. I'm not okay with this. I'm fucking done. And not that you're in action taking mode yet, but actually cultivating the energy in your system to be like, I'm done. And I have courage, I have power, I have strength. So I'm not gonna go into it, but basically it's nostril breathing. Mm -hmm. And when you really get into it, you're gonna feel energy build in your system that allows you to be okay with the tension that's needed to catalyze you into the next level of consciousness, which is taking new action, having new thoughts, having new behaviors, getting out of a relationship, speaking up to your employer, right? So in my body, it looks like this. And you just keep going for a number of minutes until you feel that energy build where you're like, ah, like right on that edge of like chaos. And then you let your body process. So I'm like already feeling it now. Um, But that's more like stage four fire breathing. So those are some of my little nuggets for you. And you'll feel like the heat and like the shaking and yep. all the fire. anger, fire energy building, yep. which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things to do is on my safe space, my safe space. I have that at home. It's in my bedroom. I have a yoga mat. Again, I talked about this earlier as I set up my environment to deal with what I have to deal with. So when I'm like deal with anger, uh, my red light is on in my room, my, my red salt lamp. So it kind of feels red. I usually have some rocks around me because I like my environment to feel like things that are pleasing to me when I'm dealing with emotions that necessarily don't feel good. Yeah, that's um, important. And I will lay on my yoga mat and I usually start with bigger movements, stretching. I will start in cat cow and really like loosen up my spine and then I'll end up laying on my back and rocking side to side. And then it will usually like come out through my body where I to- I just end up, what I was talking about with my client in the last episode, like shaking, writhing on Mm -hmm. the floor and letting it like come out of me. Um, My kids definitely have been like, I think she's possessed. Michael, (laughs) Michael has watched to like sit in bed at the end of the night and like have a pillow on his lap and be working on the computer. And then look down and I'm on the floor, like (laughs) like shaking and just like letting it out and rolling all over the place. But it usually starts with big movements that like narrow down to like really specific shaking and movements. And then ending with just deep breaths. Yeah, but like physically, sometimes I can't just breathe through it. I have no. to move and shake yeah. it out yeah. of me because I'm still learning how to like integrate anger into my body. Yeah, that's actually, you reminded me of something really important in that is, yeah, sometimes when people are like, oh, you're angry, just take a deep breath. <laughs> but sometimes you actually, when we think about a trauma response, the fight or flight, mm-hmm. what wants to happen is actually movement and emotional motors. Your emotional motor system actually wants to move the energy and if you haven't checked out any of Peter Levine's work in somatic experiencing, it talks about when animals come out of trauma, there's like the shaking. And then all of a sudden there's a point of coherence. So the system's like, oh, I'm safe. Yeah. Now, if you haven't done one, don't start with stage four. I should make a caveat. If you do not have the capacity of safety in your mm-hmm. central nervous system, do not go into stage four. Do not. do not. Do not. Don't do it. And do if you one, do it, two and then, three first. you know, have fun, <laughs> I guess. But um, there is an importance <laughs> of one, feeling safety in your own nervous system 
and having support around you. So we've been doing this for a long time where we can go into some of those experiences because we have built a level of resiliency and capacity to do it on our own. However, when I first started learning this work, I had a lot of support around me. As far as it was a practitioner supporting me, it was a therapist, it was, you know, someone in that realm who could hold the space in case my system went into a spiral. Mm -hmm. So that's something we are all here in our own unique ways to support you in, whether it's virtual or in person. Please do not, if you've never done this, I, I, don't, I mean, I, you're an autonom autonomous being, um, but you can go into re-traumatization for yeah. sure. Yeah, or it could be like you don't know how to end it. Yeah. And so you don't finish what you've started. You don't finish the loop. Yeah. yeah. And that could be really hard. Yeah. So thank you. You prompted yeah. me like when you said <laughs> Michael sitting on the computer. I'll do that. That's so funny. I'll do that too at the end of the day and Ben's working on stuff and I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally like gyrating. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> My cheeks are shaking and my kids are like, I think she's having a seizure. There's so but much like, like clarity on the other yeah. side, right? Like your body doesn't have to be in that like state of hypervigilance. Yeah. And my the vibration that I create with movement is so mm. sensory satisfying. Yeah. yeah. I'm like loving it. Just listen yeah. to it. So I think what it? we're teaching is that being normal actually looks weird. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. We yeah. are big weirdos. Yeah. Oh. Cause try as you might, you're going to have emotion. You're going to have experiences and you're going to, because you have an animalistic brain mm -hmm. and you know, if you do not process this stuff, you're spiritually bypassing, you're emotionally bypassing and you cannot like affirmations <laughs> your way out of a thing that needs to be physically processed yeah. right like I think the mind is powerful but I've found that on the other side of this when you can really feel it and clear it in your system your your mental capacity does get stronger as a result of your bodily capacity becoming widened yeah and if you're looking for beginners strategies on kind of dealing with mm -hmm. this and recognizing it and moving through it ashley made an amazing episode it's called strategies for healing and growth and that's yeah. uh episode i think 11 uh as she talks wow, about Jess. where you start well <laughs> i just posted it this morning <laughs> i posted it last night 10 or 11 or 11 or 12 it's right around there but it she starts with the strategies of like meditation starting with meditation when you have trauma when you have built up emotions <laughs> that you haven't dealt with it's basically like i don't know spiritual bypassing yeah. you're not working through the yeah, the yeah. way I think about it is like you're trying to install a program on like a 1980s hard drive when the program is like the year 2050. Right. And it's just like, does not, does not compute. Yeah, your does software, not compute. the software itself is not updated yeah. enough to deal yeah. with it. Yeah, it's like, well, my system can't handle that level of like quantum meditation healing. So good luck, bro. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's really interesting. And some for some people it does work when you're starting to heal trauma and you have a guide and they're like, let's start with meditation. And if you're really, really struggling with that level of work, like it's because there's a hierarchy of nervous system that you need to address before you can get into a state of meditation. That's true. If it, in network, we talk about work with what's working. Yeah. So what we're suggesting is like, if you've done all the things, you've done the meditations, you've done the spiritual silent retreats, and there's still this loop, maybe approach it from another perspective with the body. But if meditation feels easy and that's an access point, you can drop in and then go to the body. It's, it's, not, it's not necessarily linear. We're just offering another perspective that maybe is missing in your in your healing journey. Yeah. And like we've talked about, going straight to the mind isn't always the best place to start. Yep. Yeah. Before I even started chiropractic school, so I didn't even know network existed before yeah. I started chiropractic school and I couldn't do meditation. I just did a body combat class and yeah. it was oh, so yeah. great for like that fight or flight yes. sort of energy to just kick and punch. Yes. And I mean, you're not actually kicking or punching anything except for the air. Um, but there's a nice mirror like in front of us. So you could like see yourself like, yeah, get it. <laughs> and yep. so my roommate and I, that's what we did. And yeah. it released so much like frustration that was stored in my oh, body. And then we would go and we would grab a margarita afterwards as a treat to ourselves <laughs> and then talk through all of our yeah. Um, yeah. Like, frustrations. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you said that. Walking, yeah. <laughs> walking in nature is an amazing form of meditation, active mm -hmm. meditation. Yeah. Cool. So just doing something with your body mm -hmm. and like, I'm a very like kinesthetic sort of person, but to just like move that energy 
And when you contract muscles, it's releasing like yep. the stored chemicals and emotions yep. that are kind of hanging out and need to be moved through. So that yeah. can be a really great resource to you if you're not like in the chiropractic world or ready for breath work or anything like that. That's just a really great safe place to start. Yeah, that's really good. I feel like there's times on the table where, you know, we'll, we'll notice maybe there's a loop of like, oh, my shoulder or my arm or my leg or my ankle. And, you know, if there is a history of some level of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual abuse, allowing the person, as Jess was speaking to in the other episode, f- for the completion of that. Again, that does take some skill set to um, support a client with that. Mm-hmm. But if you're noticing like in your extremities, right, when we think about the freeze state, that's more going, uh, all the resources are going in. Anger will often show up in like the upper body mm-hmm. and like the extremities because you want to punch, you want to kick, right? So what Aaron's speaking to is it's important to have outlets for that and complete the loop. I'm kissing the microphone again. It must mean <laughs> it's good. Um, completing the loop of what wants to be completed in your nervous system because it's important to follow your biology and honor the biology, right? Nothing is bad. Everything is a window into like what's happening. Yeah. And if the loop... If you are starting to go into like there's an anger, something that I need to deal with, um, think about like, is this something I'm ready to deal with on my own? Yeah. And if not, then it's time to reach out to some level of support, even if it's just your partner and be like, I need you to sit with me while I deal with this. Again, it takes training to like get to this level of release and, and cycle completion. But like, don't ever feel like you have to do this alone. Yeah the last thing anger wants is to be fixed yeah so that's one thing too is you know you you know your partner hopefully at a deeper level um holding space and witnessing and encouraging versus like oh my gosh it's okay like do you you know either that's maybe the martyrism yeah you know anger that is uh that's gonna tweak your recipe for the formula of anger yeah and another thing is what allowing your partner to be angry yeah and instead uh <laughs> as long as you feel safe in that anger space but like instead of being like it like you're saying comforting them or like whatever and like later when they guilt trip themselves about feeling angry because that's kind of what we do uh before we start to move into the recognition of recognition of how powerful anger is yeah. is uh, like saying you have nothing to apologize for yeah it's okay. Like I yeah. hear you. I see I see that you're yeah. angry. I get it. You know, and just again, all of the things we've shared in these episodes is like building your capacity to be with that intensity so that when you're in a conversation with your partner, with a coworker, with an employer, you know, being like, "Hey, I sense that you're angry." Be like, "You know what? I'm I'm angry mm-hmm. right now." And like, "All right. Got it. Yeah. Do you need space?" Um, something that I found works really well when just speaking to communication as far as a strategy saying like, that doesn't work for me in that tone. Not like that doesn't work for me. It's like, that doesn't work for me. And being like speaking from not like really up high, but like lower into your heart and your diaphragm. And you can hear my modulation in that and not apologizing like, oh, I'm sorry. Like it just doesn't work for me. You know, like sometimes I'll hear clients like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I have to reschedule. I'm like, what are you, stop apologizing. Be like, hey, I need to reschedule today. This is the day that works. Cool, awesome, got it. 10 second phone call. Yeah, I've been on the receiving end of the, <laughs> I've been on the receiving end of the, hey, that doesn't work for me. And it's usually like, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay. Like I'm not used to have somebody talking to me that directly. Yeah. And so it could take a minute to be like, is that anger? And how do I integrate that? But then mm-hmm. it's usually, it's your issue, right? Remember, you have to remember that it's usually nothing is about it's you. It's not about you, yeah. Um, if you're on the receiving end too, something I forgot to say. This is a, this is a great, I'm, I'm getting so much value from these <laughs> podcasts. Like I love this so much, which again, you can tell I'm like, yeah, anger. It's like our own therapy it. session. It is, <laughs> no, I feel good. But when I, if I've been on the receiving end, like let's say with Ben, my husband, um, cause he can, he's, he's, direct and I love it and I super appreciate it what I'll do is just like allow your body where you don't have to take it personally you don't have to cave in but just breathe into your diaphragm as Darren was speaking to you take up space right take up space not that you need to play defense again and come at them but just like okay and just maintain your space in your body 
which will help your brain and your mind respond more coherently versus like, what do you mean that doesn't work for you? Like, and then you come back because you haven't dealt with the ability to just be with the sensation. Right. And oftentimes if something comes at me in a more direct way, I'll kind of feel that energy move through my system. And so for me, it just helps to like pause. That's the pause, but it's taken a lot of work to get to the pause. For sure. Right. Versus like lashing out, you know, in another episode talking about attacking my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's a, that's a powerful one that's worked for me. Um, I have another one. Did you have one, Jess? Uh, well, I was just going to say for me, I'm just considering the cycle that I experience is like, I'm really good at holding that space for other people, yes, allowing are. them forgiveness for that. I have a harder time forgiving myself for anger that I express in an unproductive way, but also, um, it's really easy or really difficult for me when other people are like, especially in intimate relationships, well, people are angry to not take that burden on myself yes to put up that boundary um that like this is not for me this is not something I need to deal with it's just something I need to hold space for practice yourself and your body not taking on that victim posturing and all of that until you can you know have those relationships issues or whatever they end up being where you could like integrate it well and not take that on. That's a really, actually, it's a really powerful point. Just because someone expresses emotion and you're being with it does not mean it's your responsibility to heal it for them. Yeah. Because as soon as you try to fix it, you take away their power. And as Justice speaking to, it's not your responsibility to cure it for them. So just recognition does not mean like, Oh, is that about me? You know, we go into that martyrism or people pleasing. So I love that you spoke to yeah, that. Thank you for alchemizing what I was trying to say because I was thinking yeah, in I my brain, it. I was like, I, I can't. It. No, get I, it I, I totally <laughs> got it. It's in the field. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any other strategies, Dr. Aaron? Otherwise, I have I have two more and then to to be with anger. Yeah, in or to access like the gifts beyond anger. You know, what's worked for you? What do you mm-hmm. what have you seen with like your studies? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me personally I'll speak more to um, just learning how to be direct like I mentioned earlier that my high school boyfriend gave me permission right to like set my own boundaries and like speak from a like point of this is what I want and need Mm -hmm. um, so they can actually you know show up in the way that I'm expecting so like issues like that don't happen in the future Mm -hmm. and my current boyfriend JP and I were actually just reflecting last night about how much better I've gotten with being direct and like sitting in with that anger. And he witnessed (laughs) me get angry with a teacher actually in chiropractic school because I recognize I'm not sitting here to be taught something that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there and, you know, and like, I know like my needs to be successful and this does not align with like what we need to be learning because we're never going to use this in the future, but what we will use is this. So why aren't you teaching this? And so voicing that, um, and I was vocal in class and then leaving the class, I was just, I was heading straight for the door, moving on with the day. And the teacher said, Aaron, like, does that now make sense? Because they had rattled on about their (laughs) point of view. And I had that moment of pause and reflection. And no, it doesn't make sense. And I took that as an invitation to still share Mm. um, what I thought would be valuable for them and like their growth for our classroom setting and to actually teach us things of value. Wow. Good for you. (laughs) JP was sitting there for that entire conversation and he said, I've never felt so small before. That was fucking hot. (laughs) He he was like, wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. 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 And like I walked down, I was like, yeah. Hell yeah. I think my face got so red because I was like, I hate confrontation, (laughs) but we're doing it. Yes. And to like, and to an authority figure. Yes. Right. Yes. And like not to be afraid to be like, this is like the value that I'm seeking and this is how you can be supportive of that value and not beat around the bush, yeah. um, whether you're an authority figure or not. And I think that's something that I had to learn because like 
my dad would get really angry mm-hmm. and it was one of those like I'm gonna be quiet 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 until I combust and yeah. then when that combustion happened it was terrifying yeah. so I would just sit there like oh no dad's angry yeah <laughs> and like not know how to deal with that so to like be in the state and know how to like voice your needs um gives other per like other people permission to do the same so like even JP recognizing, oh, like I can actually be vocal about like what I want and that doesn't have to be intimidating yep. is huge. Yeah. I so. wish just we had more time. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about how like in that, how to be on the receiving end of that kind of anger. Mm-hmm. Maybe there needs to be a part three. Yeah. Part three. <laughs> Not today, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. But I mean, um, it's very much what, what you said of just like giving space for that to play out. Yeah. Because that teacher, he held the space for me to express my anger. He didn't like combat with like excuses like he had during the class time. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh no, she's giving, it t- she's telling me exactly <laughs> how she I feels. And I have respect. And he said, thank you. Oh yeah. And I hope that future classes changed I'm not quite sure because I was done yeah Yeah. (laughs) and sometimes it's just the expression of it it's Mm -hmm. not you know maybe nothing does change but at least you liberated the expression Mm -hmm. which sometimes I think we get caught up like well what if I say something and nothing happens well fuck it like just say it anyway because at least you get that energy out of your system exactly instead of harboring it like most of our class like we were all thinking the same thing we're messaging each other back and forth and I'm just gonna (laughs) say something yeah Yeah. and like with no like disrespect but like I know I know what we should be learning mm-hmm. and this isn't in alignment right. <laughs> way to express your embodied leadership yeah. yeah I just think about anger uh we one of the our things is like it uh, that causes anxiety is that we're like this could happen this could happen mm-hmm. this could happen and and same thing with anger like something that might hold us back from expressing anger is a feeling of anxiety about the fallout of anger mm-hmm. and I think I read this article where they were saying like our fears and our anxieties play out less than 5% of the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's very true. The mind yeah. is a, yeah. does weird things. Mm-hmm. Our mind is powerful. <sighs> I'll share one more to wrap up the episode that I think ties in everything beautifully and, you know, on brand with, with project Linus and something that has been really powerful that uh, Rachel Bell spoke to was literally embody a big animal and you know I'm using lioness in this case but just imagine you know and again if you're in the space to close your eyes just imagine you're you're this big powerful animal and you're just like sitting back and maybe you're on top of a mountain or on top of a a rock looking out over the horizon and you're you're just sitting and you like kind of just sit back on your haunches and on your you know, big strong legs and you're just like waiting and you're just sitting and you're like, you're breathing deeply and you're looking out and you're seeing like all the antelope and all the animals and zebras playing. And you're just like, man, like I'm up here or down here, wherever you're at, just sitting and waiting and patiently being in your power and like taking a big, deep belly breath. And just like feeling that embodiment of that big animal that at any moment you can trust your instinct to assertively move toward what you want. And in the same breath, being able to sit back and all these moving parts around you and just like sit back and be with the energy, right? So I hope that visual gave you some feeling in your own system that that energy is in you all the time. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was feeling. Wolf, yes, yeah. you're a wolf. What were you? Yeah. I don't know. But I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> she was jazzy. <laughs> jazzy. She was some creature I'm, from another planet. I'm an owl just perched on a tree. Oh, like bird predators. Yeah, they're badass. Maybe like a barn. What kind of owl was it that was attacking that lady? I don't remember. <laughs> Those kind of owls. <laughs> wow. My best, well, that, no, go ahead. my best friend said that um, her parents had chickens and an owl like tore off the head of one of the chickens. Oh, and dude. I said, oh man, that's intense. Predator birds are like, <laughs> they can get like high Ooh. on the hunt. That's, that's yeah. a different level of like predator i'm gonna save (laughs) i'm gonna save the last one i was gonna talk about like i'm not gonna talk about it because they teach it at the immersion and it's very powerful 
So if you want to, yeah. ex- if you want to actually embody it and explore it, you'll have to come to the immersion. Yeah. And we <laughs> give space. We have given space at the immersion to embody our animal and yeah. like express that animal, like growling and howling. Yeah. And it's yeah. fun. It's like it my favorite really part of the immersion. Yeah. I love teaching. It. I loved that part. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. What animal were you at the immersion? I think I was the owl. Oh, I, was like, I, don't, I think I you was were. the owl. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely your I archetype. I was a wolf at the immersion, uh, too. And I yeah, love I'm that. always a lioness. Yeah. Um, not always, <laughs> but that's my, yeah. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for tuning in to these episodes. We super appreciate it. We hope this brought you value. And listen, if you found value in these episodes and any of the episodes, share it. We are up to sharing this message, these bold, raw, real truths with humanity. And so click the share button on whatever platform you're on. Take that little link and be like, yo, this is a fucking badass episode. (laughs) I know that working in our emotions together, whether it's your friend, a family member, a client, and share it with them because we desire and really want to fulfill you in your own life so that you can and pour into you so you can feel that fulfillment rather in your own being and feel that power and purpose and play from within so this is dr mel dr aaron and jess and we are here to invite you and support you in reclaiming your power invite you to pursue your purpose and ultimately have and support you in playing all out in life this is project linus see you in the next episode Bye. Bye. Go be angry. (laughs) 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 Thank you for joining the Project Linus podcast. Did you find value in today's episode? Help us impact the lives of others by sharing this podcast with someone you know who would resonate and benefit from the Project Linus message. Excited to hear more? We invite you to subscribe on whatever platform you're tuning in on. And we'd be so grateful for you to leave us a review about what you enjoy most, as well as what you'd like to hear more of. Thank you so much for all of your support. Sincerely yours in power, purpose, and play. Dr. Mel with the Project Lioness podcast. Keep rising, keep roaring, and keep inspiring. <laughs>